Welcome to the Glam Life Podcast, where we empower and inspire beauty professionals to take their careers to the next level. Your host, Victoria, is a certified business coach with over a decade of experience in the beauty industry, helping countless beauty professionals start and grow successful businesses. Now she's sharing her knowledge and expertise with you. Whether you're just starting out in the beauty industry or looking to take your business to new heights, this podcast is for you, covering topics like community, management, branding, and much more. So join us on this journey to build the beauty business of your dreams. Hello, happy Monday, and welcome to the Glam Life Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Rocca. If you know me on Instagram, I'm victoria.glam, Victoria Glam. Um, and last week, I was talking to you a little bit about product development, specifically with kind of the process that I went through and my standards of running um, Brow Sister PMU products. And I told you last week that this week, I would tell you how to then market the product that we talked about creating last week, right? But I realized I can't do that until we talk a little bit about marketing and sales. So that's, I want to talk about marketing and sales in the beauty industry this week. That's what I want to talk about. Building a strong brand and effective marketing is, I would say, crucial for um, the success of any beauty business. To help us understand a little bit more about it, I want, to, I want to get into some of the key things that I think you should keep in mind. So there are several key things I would say that entrepreneurs in the beauty industry need to consider when developing their marketing strategy. I would say that the first and foremost um, would be identifying who your target market really is, who your ideal client is. And I talk to you guys about ideal clients. I speak about ideal clients in my sleep, I would say. Entrepreneurs need to know who their customers are, what their needs are, what their preferences are, and where, where they can be found. Because let me tell you something, not every person who's going to buy your shit is on Instagram. They're simply not. But if that's where your ideal client is, then you have no business being anywhere <laughs> anywhere else. So I think that you need to create targeted marketing messages and sales channels that resonate with your specific ideal client. So a lot of people are going to tell me when I say, who's your ideal client? They're going to say, anybody who will pay. Or my favorite, people who say, anybody who will pay full price. <laughs> that is like telling me that you want to be in a relationship with a guy who won't cheat on you. Sis, that is the bare minimum. That is not your ideal client. That is just a client. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about, I would say, like figuring out who that is. And I'll just touch on it briefly because I know I talk about this a whole lot. But you know what? Maybe the, the easiest way to do this is to describe to you my ideal client, right? This is how in-depth I am with my ideal client. So I don't sell permanent makeup education. That's not what I sell. I sell women ownership of their time. Specifically, women ownership of their time. So my ideal client is a millennial. Her name is Brittany. She has young children. And she either works a nine-to-five and wants to own more of her time or she is a stay-at-home mom whose kids are getting a little bit older and they're going to start going to school. So she wants something of her own that she can do as they're, you know, kind of off leaving her empty nest. Or maybe she simply wants to financially contribute to her family so that she can do things without feeling like she needs to ask anyone else for money to go and do those things. Like family vacations, like a day at Disney World, like taking the kids to Sky Zone, whatever it is, right? 
So I can help Brittany do that. And I do that through the lens of permanent makeup because owning a permanent makeup business has made me very successful. It's something that I truly enjoy. It's a clientele that I really enjoy working with. And so why wouldn't I then gift that same, like why wouldn't I put my friend on, right? Why wouldn't I put Brittany on something that I love doing that changed my life? But I could do this through anything. Because I could teach her how to do DM sales. I could teach her how to do marketing for other people and have done. I, I taught Marcy. I mean, Marcy already understood social media, but I taught her how to like run it as a business, right? So I could do this through the lens of anything, but I choose to do it through permanent makeup because it's what I love. So once you find the thing that you love and that you want to do forever and sell services, trainings, products, it doesn't matter, figure out who you are talking to. For me, it's Brittany. I'm always talking to Brittany. Brittany is not a real person, though I do know a girl named Brittany who does who I taught permanent makeup. But I, the ideal client came before that, Brittany. <laughs> so, okay, now that we've kind of figured out who it is that we're talking to, we have to create compelling content to speak to Brittany, right? So um, creating compelling, like, marketing messages is all about understanding the needs and desires of your customer, and then communicating how the product itself or the service itself can can fix those needs. So you hear people who specialize in training um, people how to sell. You hear them say, find the pain point and then give them the solution. But you have to point out that they have a pain point, right? Because sometimes people don't realize they have a problem until you name it. And they're like, that is actually very annoying. And you say, well, don't be too, you know, you've only been annoyed for about five minutes. But let me tell you, I could take it away right now. So, um a lot of times it's not going to be like that. It's not going to be the first time they hear the message, right? So this is where they come in with what's called the rule of seven. I'm sure you've heard of this. You have to experience a brand and its messaging up to seven times before you consider buying it or before you start relating the problem or the product with the brand. So some people have done this really, really, really well. So when, you, when it comes to branding and kind of like become the brand coming synonymous with the thing, when you get a cut on your arm or when your child gets a cut on their arm and comes to you and says, mom, I have a bobo, I need a, it's okay, you can say it, Band-Aid, right? They are not called Band-Aids. They are not called Band-Aids. They are bandages. Band-Aid is a brand name that is owned by Johnson & Johnson. <laughs> But they're so synonymous with the thing that that's what we call them. Same with Kleenex. Kleenex is also a brand. They're called tissues. Facial tissues, actually, if you read the box. Um, so, yeah. You, you have to kind of reiterate your message over and over and over again. When people think of, um, of fast food, typically they think of McDonald's. And it's not because that's their favorite fast food. I think I think McDonald's screwed up because they started saying like, oh, we're America's favorite fast food. I don't know if they are. I haven't seen the numbers on that. But I tell you what, they are certainly synonymous with the word fast food, whether you, you favorably view fast food or, or not. But do you know why they did this, how they did this? Okay, if you still watch television, uh, then you see commercials. And if you see a McDonald's commercial while you are watching, let's say, The Walking Dead, how many commercial breaks does McDonald's have an ad in? Every single one. McDonald's is not buying one commercial break. They are buying a commercial on every single break because they know what I just told you. You have to be immersed in this branding and messaging from the company, right? So um, on a small scale, something that relates to you, let's talk about what does that look like for your beauty business? 
well, we've already told you this. As a matter of fact, I feel like we beat you over the head with it. But the messaging simply must be the same because it is simply true. Showing up. Consistency. You can't post one day on Instagram and decide, okay, I've done what I could do. I wonder why I don't have any damn clients. Nay, nay. Matter of fact, most of the people who follow you likely didn't even see that one damn post. So you have to show up every single day over and over again. Plant the seeds. Water them. Let the sun shine. Let the rain come. Keep trimming the yard. Keep weeding the garden. Keep over and over. And the harvest will come, but it will not come unless you keep your plant alive, right? You have to do it over and over again. You have to continually show up. So posting every day, you know, playing the DM game, like forming relationships and speaking with people, it's, it's, the, it's a whole thing, right? And there's an art to that, but, but um, you know, you either get started and, and start working on building that muscle or, you know, you, you don't. You don't. So you have to show up consistently. My, one of my favorite ways to do this in a way that feels very personal and allows me to stay looped in with my community is, yes, I post reels and I post stories and I show up and meet new people all the time. But I don't like a lot of new people. Sometimes new people is crazy. So I like to keep a lot of the people who are already engaged with me, who are already part of my community, I like to keep them close to the chest. And I like to keep that relationship as strong as I can, which is why I post to stories constantly. Your stories go to people who already follow you, you know. But there are, I would say, maybe like around 50 people who watch my stories every single day without fail. Dustin Hoffpower, whoever you are, never met you in my life. I know if one person watched my story, it's that man. And he double tapped. Okay, I'm getting a heart from Dustin on every single tab of every single story. And I don't know him, but I appreciate it. You know, it's nice to be nice to be supported. (laughs) Maybe he wants to open a beauty business. I don't know. But in your when you post the stories regularly, you'll have people like that. I can call that man by name and I don't know him. You know what I mean? So um, I think it's very important that you keep uh, the ones who support you very close to you and you continually show up for your community. Because if I dropped dead next week, you know who would be one of the first people to notice? Dustin. Yeah, because probably we have coffee together every day. I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe every morning he's like, wow, while I'm, you know, in the bathroom taking a shit and scrolling on my phone, I'm going to see what Victoria did yesterday. Maybe. You don't know. You never know who's watching uh, or where they're watching. (laughs) No, but seriously, showing up consistently builds that sense of community. And it helps to make lifers for your business, right? These are the people who you can count on to share, to tag, to create movement in the algorithm by interacting with your content. So love up on them as much as you can, I would say. Creating compelling marketing specifically for that ideal client, though, means that, yes, you're going to show up every day like I just told you to, but also the marketing, the messaging should be for Brittany. So I'm sure Mr. Dustin is somewhere enjoying his day that has absolutely nothing to do with microblading. And it's nice that he always gives me movement in the algorithm. That's very nice. And it's comforting to know that somebody actually cares about what you post. But is he ever going to purchase a microblading course for me? Probably not. I will probably not be encouraging him six months from now as he's starting his baby beauty business. You know? So I'm always talking to Brittany herself. So I have to think about the things that I know about her and then make sure that when I'm speaking, it relates to Brittany. 
I need to talk about the, I need to name the problems that Brittany has and then tell her that I have the solution, right? So I don't have any problems for Dustin. I don't have any solutions for Dustin anyway. But for Brittany, I have lots of them. Which, by the way, I'm just using names if you didn't catch that yet. <laughs> I'm just using random names. But um, so Brittany has problems and I have solutions. Uh, anyone else, other people who happen to like support you and watch you and see you show up every day, don't get kind of distracted by the shiny stuff. It's great that you have other supporters, but you keep talking to Brittany. You keep talking to Brittany. Will you get other people in the door? Yeah, of course. Sure. I'll get some Brenda's. That's fine. But I'm always talking to Brittany. There's a way that I would speak to my friend Brittany who is my exact peer and in the same stage of life as me with the small kids and the beauty business and everything. There's a certain way that I would talk to her that I would probably never speak to Ms. Brenda, right? Because Ms. Brenda is, you know, maybe 20 years my senior and I'm from the South. So we call her Mrs. Brenda and we're very polite when we speak to her. And I'm when she walks in, I'm not going to say, oh, shit, Ms. Brenda's here. Yes, bitch. Probably not going to say that. But I would say that to Brittany. I would say that to Brittany. Conversely, when Ms. Brenda walks through the door, I'm going to say, oh, hi, Ms. Brenda. How are you? How's your day going? Can I get you anything while you wait? I have a, um, I have some coffee. I have some waters. We've got a full fridge. Help yourself to anything. Do you know where the restrooms are? However, if Brittany walked in and I said that to her, she would probably be like, mm, are we in a fight? Why are you being so cordial with me? You know what I mean? So there's a certain way that you're going to speak to your ideal client that is going to be off-putting to other people, and that's a good thing because those might be your red flag clients. You know what I mean? The ones who keep you up all night, the ones who complain about everything, the ones who were never happy to begin with. There, I mean, I'm very as seen on TV. When you look at my Instagram, you see exactly what it's going to be like to walk into the Microblading Institute. So if you, at this point, if you are walking into the microblading institute and you say, is ghetto over here, I don't really like it, I didn't feel like it was professional enough, or my favorite insult of all time, a woman told me, this place is run like a circus. Um, yeah, that's kind of the whole idea. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, but you should have known that because, you know, before you book an appointment or, or decide to spend money on something as permanent as a facial tattoo, you should probably do a little bit of research into the place that you're going. So in doing that, in showing up constantly, always, always being like current content that you can consume, speaking specifically to Brittany, if Ms. Brenda is going to be uncomfortable here, when she comes and looks at our website, at our Instagram, at our Facebook page, at our stories, um, she is going to say, oh, I don't think I want to go there. Great, because I would hate for her to come here and be very uncomfortable. But when Brittany sees it, Brittany is going to say, take my, take my card. Swipe it now. I'm coming. This looks like a really good time. I can't wait. I'm going to, when, when's your closest appointment? When's your soonest appointment? So do you understand how the way that you market yourself really determines the type of clientele you're going to have? And there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, I really want the Brenda's. I don't want the Britney's. That's okay. That's good. I think that every client should have the option of going to someone that they actually vibe with. Conversely, I also think that every artist, every, um, you know, lash tech, every spray girl, I think that we should be able to work with people that we enjoy working with. I could work at Target for way less stress, man. I really could. Owning the business, running a business, dealing with clients, um, and everything that ha can happen with a client. Uh, <clears throat> all of the responses, juggling the schedules, remembering formulas, making sure that all the paperwork is signed. Girl, I could make a great living as middle management at Target with benefits and just show up to work and then go home from work and call it a day. I could do that. 
But instead, I'm out here, you know, developing my own sales channel to speak specifically to Brittany, my ideal client, and then making sure that she is always educated on all of our services, that they are easily accessible to her, and considering online and offline sales channels because we do a great deal of boots on the ground outreach as well, not just on Instagram, because you have to know where your, your audience is, right? So a lot of times we're sponsoring things like we sponsor the women's shelter. That doesn't mean that I think that people who have been battered and earn a shelter are going to come and pay $600 to get their eyebrows done. Not at all. But when they get back on their feet and they're looking for a way to own their time and balance that with still being a present good mother. Well, when I say good, that's very subjective. But uh, a present mother, the kind of mother that they want to be, I do have something available for them. I could teach them to open their own damn business and become their own boss, and then you set your own damn hours, right? And also, it's nice to, to give back in general and just help people. So anyway, um, that was that's kind of a side quest, I would say. But still, it's boots on the ground. You're shaking hands. You're meeting people. And you can always invite them to just follow you on Instagram and kind of follow the journey. And then they're seeing you as seen on TV. And if they are a Britney, then they're going to respond to my messaging. So I, you've got to figure out who your ideal client is. You've got to figure out where she hangs out. Is she an Instagram girly, a Facebook girly? Is she a TikTok chick? Whatever, go there and show up consistently and speak only to her. Speak to her about her problem and the fact that you have the solution. And when you do that, your ideal customers will be there always. This should be like a seamless, enjoyable experience from getting to know you all the way to getting you in my, not in my bed. <laughs> yeah, in my bed, like my brow bed, you know? Um, I think there are several challenges that you might face in marketing in general, like, you know, limited budgets, um, feeling really competitive. Um, and then here's a big one I saw a girl I know go through recently, changing customer preferences. So obviously you need to be creative and flexible. You need to be well-informed. You need to, you know, keep your eyes on the latest trends, whatever. But when it comes to maybe you have changed so maybe your ideal client has changed a little bit. That is a little bit difficult because now you have you stop speaking to Brittany and you start speaking to, let's say, Jessica. Um, Brittany is going to be a little off put by it and you haven't quite found your Jessica's yet. So there's a little bit of gap time there. Just be warned about that because the organic marketing method that I'm talking to you about is very niche specific. So whenever you want to move over from one ideal client to another ideal client, there is going to be a little bit of a gap there. My final thought, I would say, <sighs> marketing and sales are ongoing efforts. You know, beauty business owners are constantly evaluating their strategy. They're always measuring their own performance, the performance of the content that they're creating, and whether or not you're reaching the correct audience, and, and what are your, um, your conversion rates, that kind of thing, and, and making all the necessary adjustments. But I think you should always seek out feedback from your, your audience. Um, I do this a lot with students when they have their exit interview. I always ask them, there are plenty of places that you could go and take this course. Why us? What did we do right? Why us? So I think you should develop your own kind of feedback system, whether it's for products or services or courses or whatever. Um, so anyway, that's all that I have for you today on the Glam Life podcast. I hope that you found it informative. I hope you found it helpful. Um, tune in next week and I will talk to you about launching e-commerce on social media. But if you want to continue this conversation, please, you can find me as always over on Instagram at victoria.glam. I'll talk to you about this all day long in the DM. And I will talk to you about selling e-commerce through social media next week. See you then. I, I, I,